He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? All right, welcome to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Matt Moore of the Action Network is joining me. Uh, we were going to spend the entirety of the show kind of discussing the matchup between the Lakers and Nuggets in, in the latest uh, edition of the uh, contender series that we've been running here on, on the podcast uh, feed. Um, and that will be. That's going to remain the case in the second half of the show or, or, or second segment of the show we are going to look at that matchup and how the two teams met uh you know will face off each other denver uh celebrating the news i, I think they're celebrating the mpg extension right yeah they're, 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 they're celebrating it it reduces the odds of him leaving sooner yeah so uh that is going to be uh the, the the second kind of half of the episode here uh but we would be remiss i would be remiss in covering the nba if we didn't discuss all of the various media days that, uh, and, and, and by the way, the over, I, the overwhelming majority of the quotes about vaccination, uh, mandates on teams and vaccination statuses on, on teams was mostly like, yeah, it is what it is. I I'm went with it and, and I'm moving on. Um, you had some players who I really appreciated Dame Lillard, uh, John Morant came out and were very uh, adamant of, of, about, you know, the the imper- importance of of those mandates and and of those vaccinations. And then you had people like uh, Bradley Beal say some stuff <laughs> that uh, was not exactly ideal. You had uh, Kyrie Irving say that he didn't want to be a distraction while being <laughs> a distraction. And then you had Andrew Wiggins uh, tell all of us that it is none of our business what he is actually researching, which if you were doing research that you thought might help people, at the very least, if it did, <laughs> you would want to spread that information, which just kind of speaks to how full of shit he is. So that is uh, what we're going to have this early part of this, the, uh, this pod is going to be about. And then again, we are going to get back to the 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 normal series, but Matt, like from where you're sitting um, and I, and I'll, I'll, you know, reshare my family and, and, and how I grew up and, and, and all of that, but from where you're sitting, like how, how did today go for you? Was it just frustrating? Was it just, was it, was it a mix of all of these things? Like how did all of these quotes and information wash over you? I mean, like Wiggins, I don't really care about, right. Cause it's like, we knew, we knew, we knew from his request for the exemption, which the NBA laughed at, uh, that he, that he, where he was at. And also, yeah. uh, it's Andrew Wiggins who mm-hmm. cares, uh, been missing shots forever. Don't really care. But Beal was the one that was most alarming to me because Beal was the one that was actually out there spreading like yeah. Kyrie, who I have a lot of, of thoughts about at least didn't spread misinformation versus yeah. Beal out there being like, well, if it's so effective, how come you still get COVID? Like mm-hmm. one of my Oklahoman redneck cousins yeah, that are literally taking the horse medicine. Like, what are you doing? Um, 
like Jamichael Green was a good example of the other side of this today, where Jamichael Green was like, yeah, I got vaccinated. I hope we can get everybody on board. Like, mm-hmm. that was it. That's all you got to do. Be That's like, all you hey, have hope, to say. <laughs> hope we can get everybody on board. It'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, my frustration comes from a very specific place. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. As soon as my kids can be, they'll be vaccinated. Um, I don't have any family that's in town, but my family, in terms of the people that I actually like talk to and have a relationship with, they're vaccinated. Um, I'm not, I have very limited exposure to the players. If I do, it's going to be in a socially distanced environment because the NBA always treats us like we're the problem. So I'm not worried about it for me. However, yeah. the league has a mandate. If you are an executive that works with players, you have to be vaccinated. If you're a trainer that works with the players, you have to be vaccinated. If you're a coach that works with the players, you have to be vaccinated. If you're arena staff that works with the players, and most of these people work in minimum wage, you've yeah. got to be vaccinated. The players and the owners don't. Now, yeah. Uh, look, there are issues here. I talked about this on Lockdown Nuggets last night, but like there are issues here about health privacy with the players union that is indicative of a structure over a long period of time in which the players union very rightfully has concerns about how much ownership their employer, i.e. the teams, have over their decisions, their bodies, their medicine, their health care. Mm-hmm. And I am actually really sympathetic to those discussions. Mm-hmm. The global health crisis that has killed over 660,000 people in this country creates an environment where and millions worldwide, by the way, be made. Like <laughs> yeah. we just we have to understand that your little club, your special club, very special people is going to have to take the L here. And like, I'll be really clear on this. I think the owners don't have to be vaccinated if they're around the players, as far as I, as far as I know. That should they be need to be they need to be yeah. vaccinated too. If, if the owners are going to walk in the building, they should be vaccinated because you're putting mm-hmm. all those workers at risk. Like again, we're all in this together, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And like that's my key source of frustration here is that the players have used their power, fame, and influence for to allow. For a 10% of their population to dictate these terms and put yep. future people at risk and add credibility to the wackadoos espousing nonsense. Well, like it's it's you know, we saw this with the all-star thing last last year, right? Where uh a quiet minority was not for playing an all-star game because they were going to have to play in the all-star game. Right? Like the, the people who didn't want the all-star game to actually take place were the all-stars who didn't want the, the all-star game to take place. But the uh, union spoke to what is the bet for the betterment of the league and the revenue is for the betterment of the league. And the union just kind of said, sorry, LeBron, sorry, guys. We need you guys to play the all-star game because we need that revenue. So we have seen them operate in a way that quiets down the, the loud minority. And I think here they're doing the opposite. They're doing like, this is, this is a situation where the vast majority of these guys would be fine with a mandate in this very specific instance. Hey, we need you guys to get vaccinated because of the global pandemic that has killed millions of people and is now on its second variance <laughs> that that threatens to once again potentially shut down the league if 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 things really get out of hand again. And and the people for whom it is it is and this is what's frustrated me 
on a on a societal level. <clears throat> my mom, uh, I said this on on last week's hook. Uh, my mom is is not vaccinated. Um, my little brother, who uh, is HIV positive, is not vaccinated. My mom is sixty ish. My uh, again, my 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 little brother is is Im- immunocompromised. They are the kind of people who are in the category where you need to be vaccinated. You need to take care of yourself. You need to protect yourself and everybody around you. And it's been really difficult. Like it keeps me up at night where I have to kind of mentally and emotionally prepare myself for fuck mom caught it and she's not vaccinated. And we know what this is doing to people who are not vaccinated. And I have had conversation after conversation with my parents And this is where I get kind of frustrated about the dialogue on Twitter, because people on Twitter who don't have to have these conversations thinks it's so easy to just distance yourself from every. I I can't distance myself from my mom. It's be it'd be impossible for me to tell my mom who, like, in every other aspect of this thing has been really they they don't go outside. She gets all of their groceries uh, delivered. They cook every meal at home. She never sees anybody and, and is kind of stuck there in the house. And it's, you know, I always tell her, like, if you want to stop living like that, here's this really easy way to do it. And again, those people on Twitter who are saying who, you know, Twitter's a dunk fest. And I get it. That's the point of Twitter. But I get kind of frustrated watching people with the dialogue. Oh, just don't just don't associate yourself with those people. Just 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 leave them alone. If they die, they die. And I'm like. I can't say that about my mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. can't, I can't, no, I, mean, I can't so have is, that. I can't I mean, have that these, angle about my mom. <laughs> right. I mean, we've had these things about other like, uh, uh, political divides over the last couple of years as well. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, some of this gets into like very philosophical stuff in terms of like, I'm in this instance as in many I'm privileged in that my parents were like, of course we're getting the vaccine. Like I'm kidding. Yeah. My dad was like, if I could get five times, I would put that one IV then. Yeah. Um, but I also think like there is there, like, I think what you are missing there though, is like, sometimes it is people that have made those choices. Like they have cut out people that they cared about. Oh yeah. And, no. and that's okay for them. And that's okay for you not to like, it's okay for you to keep trying to, to, to deal with the decisions. Like, this is one of the things is that like, Again, though, it's like there's no consideration of what this is doing to you, right? It's right. not like they don't like this is the whole thing. Is like we just we have to keep promoting, I guess, the idea and figure out some sort of of compelling way to resonate the idea that we need to care about one yeah. another. I at least on like a basic, I don't want you to suffer level. Right. Well, that's my thing. Is that like in my like. So I can only speak specifically about my mom here. And there are people who I have distanced myself because they are in the category of, okay, you're going to be this loud wrong about this thing. You are on the fringes of my friendship anyway. Like, (laughs) peace out. I'm fine with that. Like, there are these different, there's these levels. and, And in the case of my mom, it's not that I'm like, okay, fine. Let's just get through this then, I guess. It's, it's, it's regular conversations with her. Hey, look, it's FDA approved now. Uh, just go spot, talk to your doctor. Just please talk to your doctor about 
what impact this might have on you. If you're concerned about any kind of um, ingredients in it that you might be, uh, you might not, your body might not tolerate, then fine. You can go yeah. talk to a doctor and you can learn about that stuff. And, and these are things, and this is where, you know, today was so frustrating because the same things that I hear from my mom are the same quotes that I'm hearing today where she thinks she's checkmating me when she says, well, people are still getting sick. And I said, it's not a cure. It's not, (laughs) it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a COVID-19 cure. It is a vaccine that is meant to mitigate the risks. Should you get it and mitigate the risk of transmitting it? Should you get it? And, and makes it less likely, hopefully for, for you to get the thing in the first place. Like this is, this is not a foolproof thing and, and, and holding it to that level of accountability when we don't do that with any other medicine. Like if I take a Tylenol, I'm not expecting this feel like amazing for the next week. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> that's not how um, this works. And Wiggins whole thing today was each of them were frustrating in their own sense. Like Kyrie's frustrating because he laughs off any attempt at criticism of him. Right. And Beal was frustrating because he's spousing literal misinformation mm-hmm. and Wiggins attempted to take the moralist. I'm a hero approach <laughs> of yeah. I am bravely standing up for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And it's, that was frustrating on its own terms. Cause it's like, I understand how this feels to you, but you're putting everyone else at risk. Like yeah. you are, if you, it's he one thing he's the protagonist, like, but really he's the antagonist, Like yeah. he's the bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I understand. And a lot of people have taken this approach of like, what does it matter? Like, this is like what I'm doing. And this is the whole, my whole thing is if there was no chance of you passing it, if getting the vaccine didn't lower the chances of you spreading it, I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't like you're an adult. You can make that decision. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you're, uh, I think you're a moron and I think it's terrible that you would do that to your loved ones. Mm -hmm. But like, my bigger thing is this has been stressed over and over again. This is the best way this combined with other measures, not solely combined with other measures, social distancing, case rate, appropriate masking and appropriate situations, et cetera. Like along with everything else, this is the best way for us to contain the pandemic. And the, the, the vision of it only being an individual choice is exceptionally frustrating, but it's also, you talked about like all the people dunking on Twitter and I can understand from your perspective, how that's frustrating. And you're like, you're like, you don't listen. And like, you understand I dunk too, man. Like it's the but, only case in my life now, right now where I can still dunk, but I, 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 I made the occasional joke. Yeah. But I also, but here's the other thing I, that I, I do want to express I've tried to stay off of it. Like today I let him fly. Cause I was just like infuriated. Yeah. But I've tried to stay off of it. A lot of it is, and this was expressed by a, a number of people today. So much of us are just fed up. We're just, yeah. I have a doctor friend that works in ER mm-hmm. and like, she is just like, she comes home in tears, like just yeah. absolute. And just not, but not tears of, of like sadness of rage. Outrage. Yeah. I was just like, these people are coming in and mad at me and then want the vaccine when it's too late. Right. And it's like, those are the things that we're, that we're carrying around. And that's one of the things that's like so frustrating is like, there's such a carefree attitude about it. Like yeah. Beal being like, well, whatever, like you can still get it. I don't know what the big deal is. It's just like, and 
I do think it's important not to use Carl Anthony Towns as a stand-in for COVID suffering in the NBA. Yeah. Like one, he doesn't need to be the, the poster child of anything. He doesn't need to take on anybody else. Like he's got his own grief. Right. I think that's a valid point. Yeah. But I, if you're going to test me on the logic of, well, I support my brethren in the MBPA. Okay. Well then you need to support the people who have lost loved ones to this as well, who have gotten yeah. and been sick. Like, it, again, this was my big thing. I, I, I've said this over. You are not the only person that matters. And I right. do feel on some level like this, and this is like a very privileged athlete position that for oh, as yes. many things as like they have, a, they have experienced things that I'm never going to understand on through racial prisms mm -hmm. and economic prisms. And I'm fully aware of those things and try and be understanding of it to now being like, this isn't a problem for me is just yeah. such a, I'm more important than everybody else. And that, that's where I get really frustrated. Yeah. I mean, and this is, it's, it's probably like, there are very, there are several prisms through which to, to look at this. And one of the things that has always baffled me the most is you have athletes who say they would do anything for their brother. They would do anything for their teammate. They would do anything to win. They would do anything for their team, yada, yada, yada. Hey, do you mind getting this uh, shot? To, to help with that, those things, and also the world around you. Well, hold on, I got to do my research. And it's just like, and again, it goes back to with Wiggins that I thought, I thought it was a good question to ask, like, well, hey, what, what information are you actually studying? What, what research are you actually doing here to enlighten yourself above the millions of people who have gotten this vaccine and had their lives improved by it? You know, like, well, what is out there that maybe we should all have access to? And if you can't answer that question, and the reason they can't answer that question is because they know they're full of shit. There isn't, they haven't done the research. They've watched three YouTube videos or fallen down one YouTube rabbit hole, and they've arrived at these um, conclusions right. and are now stubborn about, about where they're at. Like, I, I'm sorry, man. Like, if you can't give me the information that you're finding here in your research, then the research itself probably isn't all that, isn't all that important. Yeah, but look, 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 Anthony, like, you can't talk about it. You can't talk about Satan's supercomputer because that's the point. That's my point. That's my if, point. If you talk about it, then the devil knows, Anthony. Oh, <laughs> there's that. All right, I, we we do have to segue over here. We do have to talk about the Lakers and the Nuggets, and there is no easy way to do so, non awkward way um, to do so. So let's talk about Michael Porter Jr.'s podcast. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> nice transition. Nice transition. <laughs> we are going to uh, we are going to discuss two teams that I think, when healthier, at the top of the conference. I think uh, the Lakers are are. I think the clear talent favorite right now as things currently stand. And then I think if Jamal Murray can be healthy um, and if the Nuggets can can do whatever they can to keep them off the court long enough to get fully healthy, then I think the Nuggets are 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 right there, I think, in terms of other teams that that should be competing against the Lakers. Where where do you have these teams or what are your expectations, I guess, for for Denver heading into it? Do you mean into the season and to like the championship chase, or do you mean into a matchup between the two teams? Uh, let's start with just in general. We'll just okay. start with the season in general. 
All right, so I've got the Lakers, uh, I believe, either first or second. I think I have Utah right now a win ahead of them. I think that mm-hmm. the, the Lakers will finish with either the one seed or the two seed. Uh, I'm high. You know, I've talked previously. I'm high on this team. I think their over is a pretty good bet for the win total. Uh, I'm not betting them for the championship for a number of reasons. Um, a lot of it is... Do I think that this roster is a juggernaut? No, I think this team's beatable. I think that if you look at the spacing concerns caused by Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis, if you look at Davis's injury history, if you look at LeBron's trajectory in terms of both injuries and just like, mm-hmm. it's getting harder for him to throw the fastball every night. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is the biggest thing about age is it doesn't rob you of your best the way that people think it does. It robs you of your ability to consistently get there. Mm-hmm. And so he'll have a game too, where he's a God as always. And then it's like the next game is like, Oh, Ron didn't have a great game. Um, I don't have a lot. I really don't have a lot of faith in the rest of the roster, to be honest with you. Like I like the top three and I like some of the guys and there are guys that I'm like, okay, if they're better than I expect, like Malik Monk, I think is a good example of this. It's like, if he buys in and is suddenly like, Hey, you know what? He's not a bad defender. Like he's okay. And mm-hmm. his shooting holds up. Then like, that's a win. If Baysmore, who hasn't really been all that good or impactful over the last four or five seasons, if he has a bounce back season, if I'm wrong about Trevor Ariza, who I'm a big fan of Trevor Ariza, I've advocated for him for years. Last year was a year where I was like, Oh no, like mm-hmm. he is, he's done. Um, I have like huge, the, the rumored starting five, I have a number of concerns about, like, I'm just like, Oh boy, that's, that's worrisome to me. Yeah. Um, the nuggets I expect to kind of coast along and probably start slow and then pick up steam. And then all of a sudden you look up just like last season where they started off slow and you look up and you're like, Oh, they're going to win 50 games again. Uh, I think there's a tier of the jazz and the Lakers in terms of wins, not playoff championship potential at the top. And then I think there will be the Suns, the warriors and the nuggets in the second tier. And I think those are the only West teams that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the nuggets chances of winning the West are the same as the warriors and the blazers. And it depends on which matchups they get and when. So I think the Lakers will already be like, they are the hunted. They are going to be the favorite. They're going to be the ones I think they're beatable, but I also think it's going to depend on whether or not they face that matchup Mm -hmm. healthy in the playoffs. And that'll decide who comes out of the Western conference. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I record a show. Well, at least one show every day, some days too. And I find myself sometimes between recordings changing my opinion on on how I think this Lakers team is going to be. And and in this case, I I still find myself the top of the roster is so good that uh and and will be interchangeable in a way during the regular season that I think will help them beat enough bad teams to have a a you know top 3ish seed at the end of the season. And then I think for for those nights that all three of those guys are there, and then in the postseason, I just I I haven't seen anything from any other Western team that makes me really super duper nervous about about matchup with with how healthy all of these various teams are right now. Um, the one team that does make me nervous, though, if all fully healthy is Denver, like hmm. they they if they are fully healthy, you have um, enough athleticism with Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. to you know, just kind of annoy LeBron enough. Jokic is the kind of great that might just have that series 
and really throw off the, the, the math on, on this thing overall. And then if Russ is like bad, Russ, bad playoff, Russ, bad shot selection, not moving off of the ball when LeBron has it, uh, you know, squirrel defense, uh, it, it, all of those things. And, and he starts tilting that in the favor of, oh God, he maybe shouldn't be playing down the stretches of these games. Then I think that's the situation where the, the nuggets could really clip the Lakers. The just question becomes how healthy and when might he be this kind of healthy? Will we get Jamal Murray? Um, will Michael Porter Jr. Take that step forward that, uh, makes him, you know, his play levels his play with where he is now being paid. Um, is that is that flash that we saw from the Nuggets last year once Gordon showed up? Is that going to be what they are moving forward? And then, yeah, like what what steps forward does Jokic make coming off of an NBA C- a- a NBA MVP season? And I think of all of the matchups that you could get in the Western Conference Finals. This is the most intriguing to me. I think it's gonna we're gonna get the same old Utah Jazz season. I'm yep. I don't know if we're gonna get a Kawhi. Uh, we're gonna see Kawhi this year, so that kind of makes me nervous about the Clippers. Yep. Maybe we maybe uh, last year's Suns are are that good, and we'll get up there again. Or maybe it's that it really helps when you're playing every team without their first and second best player. So, so like of all of the questions that all of these teams have, and I think all of them do, I think the Lakers have questions of their own. I think the ones that are most solvable or the ones that I'm the most confident in my, in my solution for that, that's the nuggets and the Lakers. Those are the two teams that have questions, but have answers to them that are very feasible. So if that's how you feel, then I would tell you that you should, from a betting perspective, because <laughs> that's how I look at everything, you should be betting the Lakers to win the West. Uh, and the reason I say that is, all right, so the Lakers beat the Nuggets in the bubble uh, in five games. There is a fair argument that game two was a pretty bad coin flip result for the Nuggets, that you had to get the exact right sequence of events and Mason Plumley's decision and Anthony Davis hits his jumper, which isn't necessarily a reliable thing, especially from the outside. Like all of these things had to combine in order for the, for the Lakers to squeak out with that victory. And if that, if the Nuggets win that game, the series likely goes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where it gets interesting is I think the Nuggets are closer to the Lakers than they've been. I think they are closer now than they were two years ago because I think Aaron Gordon really does help them. It's not that anyone can stop LeBron. No one can stop LeBron. It's just about physicality. Like Mm -hmm. you just need bodies. Like you just need people that are physically able to take a shoulder from him and not explode into dust (laughs) and are able to not get completely blown by, which was Paul Millsap's problem. Hard to blame him. Like Paul was able to guard, even in, in his prime, was able to guard 95% of the NBA. And LeBron, because of the body type differential, just cooked him. Gordon is a much better matchup there. He'll still get cooked because it's LeBron, but it's closer. Yeah. Um, I think the bench unit with their shooting, like the Nuggets have a lot of shooting. That's one of the things that they geared around. They, they, I thought it was interesting, and I've asked a little bit about this in media day. Last year, I thought they got JaVale for the, for the Lakers matchup. That was what I believed was that they got JaVale for the Lakers matchup. And then the off season, they went the exact opposite direction. They don't have a backup center. 
So mm-hmm. against the Lakers, it's going to be Dwight and Jordan off the bench in whatever minutes they play versus Nuggets small ball options. And they're going to try and space them out and outpace them. Like the Nuggets are geared up and they've mentioned they're trying to shoot more threes this season. Like that's how you beat the Lakers yeah. is you shoot more threes than them. You just yeah. outpace them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the unfortunate part of this is I think ultimately LeBron guards Jamal because he doesn't have to worry about Gordon and he doesn't have to worry about MPJ. Um, they're willing mm-hmm. to live with MPJ probably is how that works out. And like Ariza of the options. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Ariza will do a fine job on him or Baysmore, whoever. Um, and then it's Davis versus Jokic and Jokic doesn't struggle with anybody except for specifically really springy, super long pogo stick guys. Mm-hmm. And that's Davis. Only Davis is like the thermonuclear version of it. Mm-hmm. And so he can't stop him on the defensive end, on the lob. He can't stop him. And on offense, it's difficult for him because Davis is able to be out of position and still block his shot or body him uh, or at least get him distracted. I don't think I don't think Davis handles like getting pounded in the post very well. But if he gets sore or tired, they'll just put Jordan in or Dwight and they'll goon him and mug him the way that they did in that in that series in 2020. I think the Nuggets can beat every team in the Western Conference. I have money on the Nuggets to win the title. I'm not a Nuggets homer under any circumstances, and I have money on them to win the title. Mm-hmm. I have money on other teams to win the title, but the Nuggets are part of a larger position that I have. I think this team really does have what it takes to win the title. Mm-hmm. But if their path is through the Lakers, if they have to, to beat the Lakers, I'm probably betting Lakers in that series. I'll be able to because I'm hedged at that point, right? So it's easy for me. But um, I actually go the opposite way from you. I think the Suns and the Warriors in particular and the the Mavericks, depending on what happens, though. I just keep coming back to Jason Kidd and everything makes me more nervous, but um, I think the warriors and I think the uh, Suns both match up much better with the Lakers. And if you're confident that the Lakers can get past both of those teams, which I think is reasonable to do so again, nobody is out there being like, why are the Lakers the West favorite? That's crazy. Like, no, it makes sense. They should win. Um, I think the Lakers are beatable. I think the, the, Warriors and the Suns match up better with them than the Nuggets, but the Nuggets are a better team in a playoff setting than the Suns or the Warriors, I think, will be this season. Yeah, I mean, with both, I just, I, I can't find, I can't get myself to really fully believe in the Suns given how weird that playoff run was. Like, it was, it was mind-boggling the way that everybody was going down and, and they were able to to stay healthy. And then, with the Warriors, like I, we don't know what we're going to see from Clay. You know, they, there was a quote from him today that he uh, is is uh, not going to come back within a year of tearing his Achilles. That would bring him back at January. November at the earliest. He's going to be right? back in January. I already like yeah. I talked to I, I talked to to folks like that cover the the Warriors. It's January. It's good. Right, January. right. And so, like, if that's the case, then you're hoping in about five months, four or five months uh, to, to get yourself up to playoff type of competition. That seems like a stretch given the, given what his body has through, been through the last two years. Um, and then, and then I like the auto Porter pickup. I, I, I thought that was one of the better signings of, of the off season, but even he has question marks about where his body is at. Um, Draymond, his, we've seen his athleticism kind of wane 
over the last few years. And, and you really see that on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, but, but of all of the players in the league who guards Anthony Davis and, and, and really bothers Davis, it's still Draymond and everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So, That's the thing. So it's like, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really a difficult and, and honestly, it makes for a really fun, fascinating season. It's why yeah. it sucks so much. So we have to talk about the bullshit that we had to talk about right. to start the podcast. Right. But, right. but like it's, it, but the, the West is wide open. I think uh, I, is, I, I have the Lakers winning it, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't put money on it. Cause I don't it, think the, like, this is, this is how it should are. be. Like, this is how it should be is like, there should be like the Lakers in particular, the big market, most famous team, the most popular NBA team in the world should be with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, the favorite to win the conference. Yeah. It's just better for the league when it's like, you know? Yeah, but, right? <laughs> but, you know, yeah. if, if the Nuggets just don't guard Westbrook, yeah, which is what they'll do, they just mm-hmm. won't guard Westbrook. Is Westbrook going to make smart cuts and body under the rim and do those type of things against what's probably going to be like, you know, a pretty big defender on him. Like these are the type of things that get there. Like is Davis going to shoot his jumper the way that he did in the bubble, which was in my opinion, the biggest differential in their, the difference between them winning the title, which I think they would have anyway, and their dominance in doing so. And like, you know, you mentioned, well, like Clay Thompson, like coming back from injury, the problem with the Lakers is Russ's knee history. LeBron's missed two of the last three seasons. Most of it due to a major serious injuries. He's, Mm -hmm. 400 years old at this point and uh davis is is anthony questionable to return davis so and then also and also like i (laughs) love i want to believe that he's going to start at center i want to believe that he's really committed to playing they're trying to sucker you in again lucy's got that football at anthony (laughs) it's right here come Uh -uh, on i'm not doing it this time no no i'm not all those other times she was kidding anthony just come on come on you know you want to kick it come on come on he went bald. He went bald. Think trusting Lucy. Like Charlie Brown's hair fell out because of Lucy and that damn football. And I'm not gonna go. I like my hair too much to really fully believe I feel in attacked. Anthony Davis. He one thing. One thing I will promise. Like one steadfast bet that is a not. I like will not miss on it. Anthony Davis starts at center on Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets. Like I am guaranteeing that because Lakers fans will rejoice about it. The question just becomes like, will he still do so on like a Wednesday night in January? That's where I don't know. And, and look, does a Wednesday night, Wednesday night in January even matter? Like what will he do against like, will the Lakers have to drop a game one, every single playoff round that they play in, while he figures out whether or not he needs to play the five predominantly against that matchup. I don't know. And, well, and, and, and until we see that, I, I am not going to kick that football, Lucy. Kerr also found this with it, with the, the death ball lineup um, with death lineup that one of the inherent problems with playing your absolute best lineup in the regular season is it provides more chances for someone to stumble onto a counter. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you could say like, well, there is no counter. And it's like, okay, I would believe that with the 2020 team. Mm-hmm. And I would actually believe it with the 2021 team. Cause I think your roster was honestly better last year. I'm like one of the few people that, that think that, um, 
the numbers roster was up. more talented, but I think the the guys you were are eighteen and six when Davis went down. Man, you were yeah, eighteen but... and six with the with the second best net differential. Like your lineups were absolutely slaying teams. Like I'm the guy. I'm the guy who said that was the most talented Lakers roster of my lifetime. I just yeah. don't think they had any chemistry whatsoever. I just didn't. Yeah, think. that's fair. I just, I, I think that, that those chemistry things could have been avoided had uh, clutch not clutched. But like, I think with this season, um, the key, I think, is just like, you don't want to stumble on somebody being like, you know, when they play the death ball lineup, if you do this, if you play two bigs or whatever it is, like you can actually counter that. They will find kind of answers. Uh, the Pelicans kind of actually did it versus the Warriors. The Warriors played in, I think it was, it was 2016. Um, the Warriors played, no, was, I think it was 17 was when it was. The Warriors played the Pelicans and the Pelicans actually had like a lot of success against them because they were playing Cousins and Davis together. And it was like, oh, if you overwhelm the Pelicans with size, you actually take their advantage of going small and invert it. Like that's kind of the key. Now, again, Denver can't do that because they don't have another big like Michael Porter jr. Six ten, but he's not a big. Mm-hmm. So he's a good rebounder. He's a great rebounder, but it's just not the same kind of physicality, but that's kind of the key is like, if you can play like that might be what winds up happening is the Lakers are like, ha ha, we've got small ball. And then teams go, then we're going big against you. And the Lakers can counter, but the Lakers counters are Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. And mm-hmm. the, you know, it, I feel, I'd feel a lot better if it was Mark Gasol. I just would. So, well, that's a, that's another conversation for <laughs> another day, but, but yeah, I, I'm more willing to set myself up for disappointment with Dwight. Like I think Dwight might have something more, in in the tank jordan i think is just cooked he's been cooked for five years now he's he's well done to the point where like patrick mahomes is putting ketchup on him um that's it's it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun matchup between the lakers and the nuggets it's a fun conference with the west uh it's wild that the east might actually be better top to bottom than the west i like that we might be having that conversation finally this year um, and I, and, and it like, it all brings me back to if we just were able to focus on the basketball, not saying that we shouldn't be asking these questions of these players, because I think to a certain extent, like these, these questions do need to be asked journalistically speaking and societally speaking, they need to be either answered or, or, or solved, get some resolution to it. But if we could just focus on the basketball, the basketball this year is going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a really fun season this year. It's just how soon we can get to focusing on the basketball. I mean, I think we'll get there. I think Kyrie, look, the league will always have drama and Kyrie exists. Like Kyrie's Kyrie's his own thing. Yeah, that might be be the name of the show, this episode. Kyrie Kyrie exists. exists. 90% of the league is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the reasons that the the reason that the MBPA did not mandate vaccinations is because they didn't want to be seen. They didn't want to betray another union member's right to their body. That is an oversimplification of the issues at play here. But like that's at the core of it. And 90 percent are vaccinated. A good sign of like where we're at, Anthony, is the jazz have announced that they're going to require vaccination for fans coming in. Utah. Yeah. Utah. So yeah. like this is where we're at. 
is and like that's going to continue for most of i think of these of the arenas it'll be like we're slowly ticking up every single day like there's more and more people that are like all right fine i'll get it mm-hmm. or scared in scared out of their minds by having an exposure or a family member exposed um with a major complication like we'll get there and i do believe that while covid's here to stay and we're going to have to learn to live with it as a more long-term thing I do believe the basketball is going to be front and center of the season. I'm hopeful that the impact of two very compact seasons isn't going to further our injury issues from last season. Uh, I'm hopeful of that. I think it's good to have that hope. I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's unlikely. I think it's the same probability as, as most seasons, but you know, I think this is going to be a great year. You have stacked teams. You have a lot of talent. Um, the Lakers have like the most incredible 2013 roster that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. So good for them. Uh, And it's going to be a fun season. I think that this stuff is annoying and frustrating. Like a lot of things are, but it doesn't distract from we're still making progress. Hopefully. I hope you're right about all of that. I really honestly do. Um, I'll just, you know, because of, because of the way that my brain works, I'll just believe it more when we see it. I, I do just from like a, a straight PR standpoint, these teams are going to protect themselves against their players. Like we literally saw it with Beal where <laughs> a fire alarm went off um, while he was asking people why people were still catching COVID while they were vaccinated. Um, coming from PR, I know I have thought about that a time or two. And if it was, Somebody on their PR team literally pulling a fire alarm to end a press conference. I respect it, and and I, I do, I do, I <laughs> I do hope uh, that that you know, and, and the questions are going to remain. We're going to get some of those questions just kind of, kind of inherently answered as guys are either available or not available in the arenas that have some of these strong city mandates. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Before I let you go, before you let me go, uh, can I ask you something? Yep. LeBron's been quiet on this whole thing. Like he's just, he's sidestepped the entire discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, anti-vaxxers buy, buy shoes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Lakers come out and they say they're going to be hundred percent vaccinated by mm-hmm. the time that the season begins. What do you make of that? What's your take on that? Well, I, I think there was reports last year that, that he got the vax. There were reports, um, but like my question for you is: with, Should he be? He, should he be telling people? Not or should. Is there he. something to be gained? Not, not should he? Is it surprising? I think is actually a better question. That like he has been at the forefront. Of, he has never shied away. Mm-hmm. Like he's he has never shied away. And this well, one, that's not true. He shied away from China. You know he. But even then, like China, he like he kind of took a position where he was like, right. Don't well, rock he took a like, position, got ridiculed for that position, and then never answered a question yeah. about it. Like, don't know? rock the boat. Is yeah. his position, right? right. Like, don't um, don't mess with the money with the money train. Is right. His position. So, I think I think. It, look, I've I've only covered basically uh, this last chapter of his career, so I'm not going to say that I know LeBron in any real significant way. But one thing that I have picked up in in paying attention to LeBron is I think he sees everything, especially regarding basketball, as a negotiation. And I don't think he was ever going to um, speak on behalf of anybody 
until he had something seriously to gain by speaking for people. Hey, go get the vaccine, go do this thing. And, and I think, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very cynical kind of approach to, to how he's handled the situation. I think it's kind of a sin. It's a very cynical approach to the situation, but I think that's what little I've learned about LeBron. This is one of the things that I'm fairly comfortable about, but I, I am of the opinion that I think he, he kind of should be saying stuff like that. It's clearly, it's clearly a topic that needs louder voices. I think louder, bigger voices on the side of no, go get vaccinated for whatever reason, you know, people on, on, on the pro vaccine side of things. And I think kind of, to a certain extent, it's like, it's such a, it's, it's such an elementary position that I think some people are just like, yeah, that's, this is what we should just be doing. Um, but given how loud and how willing the other side, the opposition to vaccines are willing to be, you kind of have to match that energy. And I wish LeBron would have been one of the voices to, to, to take that next step. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, look, he, he made, he's made a lot of people mad in his career, you know, and he's taken stances where he was going to get criticized for sure. Like the feud with Trump and, you know, really coming back against shut up and dribble and, and those kind of things. So like, I can't sit here and say that he was, he was at an advantage in every battle that he's had that's not true like he just he's and i always with him and mellow both i always go back to the stuff that they experience as kids simply to me like invalidates a lot of like my criticism for them because i always have to kind of keep in mind of like what they went through when they were kids Mm -hmm. it was just like it was a lot they just went through so much uh at the same time I, i just the fact i like the way that you phrase that there wasn't a win for him and that's yeah. kind of like what gets into this entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. We, we come back full circle where it's at some point you're going to have to do these things because they were a win for all of us. They're not a, yeah. it's not a win for you. Mm-hmm. Like it, you may not be at risk of getting like COVID could never touch you. Maybe you just always get a mild case and be fine. Um, you know, may, maybe all the, like all of your concerns are, or your lack of concerns are valid about you. Mm-hmm. But the problem is not you. It's the greater you. It's everyone. Yeah. It's the numbers. It's a numbers game. This it's is that- the thing that, that I have the most trouble with my dad specifically. Now, my dad is, uh, is vaccinated. You know, mm-hmm. my dad has always taken COVID very, very seriously. Um, almost psychotically ser- uh, seriously. Uh, and he has done so because he is at risk. He has asthma, he's older, and it is the right thing to do for him, right? Right. And and like when he talks about, you know, school mandates or like mask mandates for kids at school and stuff like that, like he always looks at it from the standpoint of, well, the kid isn't at risk for COVID. COVID doesn't go after uh, the kids as, as, as dangerously as it does for, for other people. And I say, well, that'd be what I, it's, I, I still think it's scientifically wrong, but, but like, it's, it's not like the kids are the only people at that school. 
And it's not like those kids go back home and are completely isolated from their families. You have families that have multifamily in the same house households, you know, or where grandma and grandpa live with the, with the families. And if a kid brings home COVID um, that spells danger for the grandparents that are in that household. And, and it's just always, you know, there's, there's, I think Huffington post wrote the article or, or the headline is from Huffington post. Like, I don't know how many ways I can tell you to care about other people, you know, like was, was basically the, the basis of the, of the column. And that's where we are. It's just like, yes, scientifically speaking, these NBA players are not going to be seriously affected by COVID cat would say, no, he lost 50 pounds and, and, and went through a really tough time with it. But that is still one in however many hundreds of players that are, that are in the NBA still though, they, they don't, they aren't isolated at work. They aren't isolated when they come home from work. We aren't isolated in any of these situations and we have to care about our fellow human. And that's just, that's just, again, it seems so elementary for us to say that, but there are a lot of people out there who don't. <laughs> and, and I guess we just have to continue to be vigilant in telling people we have to care about each other. All right. Welcome to 2021. Welcome <laughs> to the NBA season 2021 on TNT. All right. That's going to do it for this uh, very heavy episode of, of my show. Uh, I promise we're going to. We're, we're, yeah, I just wanted to come on here and bitch about Rich Paul and about how you were all upset because Rob Palenka didn't get executive of the year votes two years ago. And instead, I'm on here debating the pot, like the philosophy of what we owe to one another. It's this, you threw me. Damn curveball, Erwin. Hey, you just said uh, LeBron is going to have a tougher time throwing his fastball. You know it's a good way to to, to combat that? Throwing curveballs. Nice. That's what... <laughs> there you go. All right. That's going to do it, though, for this episode. Uh, we have – I'm going to be breaking down some of the latest rumors from the article that you kind of alluded to there uh, on The Athletic. Uh, I'm going to be breaking down some of that for the lowdown tonight. Keep an eye out for that. Um, and then for the rest of the week, we have media day training camp is opening. We are back in basketball, uh, hopefully with more of the focus on it than some of the other stuff until tomorrow or in an hour or so, whenever you hear the next podcast, I'm Anthony Irwin saying, have a good one.